you know, and then of course by that stage too, the kids were, you know, like Sarah was playing netball. Their own sport. Pat was doing um, Oz kick. Amy was huge into her horses. Yep. So we were trying to juggle junior netball, junior football, pony club, yep. as well as our own sports, and it just got to the stage where. Our kids have um, grown up around footy, netball. Um, one of the great things about a country footy club, especially in Miller at the time, uh, well, not necessarily at the time, but hopefully it always is, it was so many families, kids running. On Thursday night, Julie would be training, I'd be training. The kids are just running around everywhere with other yep. kids. And, and you were comfortable for them to do that. Yep. No, no, safe. Yeah, good environment. I used to go at the beginning of a football match, go into the canteen lady and say, here's 20, well, $20 back then, would feed three kids. And she would make sure that they would get a yeah. pie before they got their lollies. You know, then I'd rock in after either playing, or because I played there, I'm not even sure how many premierships I won while I was playing. Mm. Three. Quite a few. Three premierships and two runners-up, I think, playing. Um, and then when I was coaching, it was even harder. And I'd be yelling from the court, go and see your father. And <laughs> Trevor would be running, go and, go and see your mother. And we'd had people in the middle trying to control. Yeah, Saturdays must have been pretty hectic. Yeah. Very hectic. I mean, let alone your Tuesdays and Thursdays as well. Yeah. We're taking and, and the same. Like we'd have to get up, we'd have to milk before yeah. we went anywhere. And then you have to milk so, after often, you got home. You know, and often I'd leave, or Trevor was still be up at the club, so I'd have to come home about three o'clock and milk, you know, yeah, leave him down there. Busy, sometimes busy times. leaving him to the kids and sometimes him then forgetting to bring the kids home because <laughs> he forgot that they were there. How often did that happen? More than uh, once? Only with Patrick. <laughs> and oh, and you wonder why you don't talk sometimes, <laughs> really. And, uh, left Matthew. Yeah, left, you left Matthew. It was pre-me. Matthew in King Valley one day. I thought he'd gone home with his mum. I, I was playing senior footy at the time. Came off the ground, had a shower, and did what we all did. Probably grabbed a beer and hopped in the car and drove home. And got back to the middle of a pub, and his mum said, "Where's Matt?" I said, "I thought he was with you." So he was still back at the King Valley Footy Ground, which, for those that don't know, is about forty. Was he still there, or did someone? No, nah, my brother fortunately walked out, and I think Matt walked up to him and said, "Where's Dad?" <laughs> <laughs> and he did it with Patrick twice. I'd be milking and I'd come out and I'd see him say, oh, yeah, the girls are here, where's Pat? And I said, oh, I left him with you. And I said, you better go back to Tarawinji, which is fortunately only 15 minutes away. Yeah, you're fat. Yeah. Um, and then there was another time, I think it was at North Wayne, was it? Yeah, I can't, I can't remember the second time yeah. I remember one with, with Pat. No, you can't even remember the kids, let alone <laughs> yeah. remember. Goodness Timmy, me. Timmy knocks in the head. <laughs> we, we were pretty busy. Yeah, lucky um, yeah. you weren't a heavy drinker. Oh. Uh, definitely not. We didn't have time for alcohol. Yeah. So back to the uh, that 2013 grand final. That'd be the most satisfying thing in my sporting life. As a well, president. As president. Yeah. But then I shouldn't say that because maybe when my watching my son play in a premiership was probably even more satisfying. With the Wang Rovers. Wang Rovers under 18s. Yeah. He played. As a 16-year-old, he played some senior footy that year, early in the year, and the thirds were doing really well, so they decided to let him go back to the thirds, and which was a great thing. And he played in the premiership and came runner-up in the best and fairest. And Very proud father and mother. Yeah, well, Very. he also won. He won the league best and fairest when he was 
And he was 14? 14. Or 13, I think. That was, um, well, he was playing under 14s, but he was only 13. Mm. That was probably a pretty proud time too, and you're sitting there, because that was a league best and fairest. It wasn't just his club best and fairest. And, um, yeah. He won, he won a league best and fairest, but never won, a, won, never won his own club best and fairest. <laughs> oh, they're two different. Yeah, yeah. they're judged differently. In, yeah. And then, yeah. You'll hate that you're talking about him like yeah, this, you know. know. You know. Yeah. If he listens, he will. 2018 was pretty special. Cause yeah. I think he had an amazing stat six, that I, so. I think of. He, um, he was runner-up in the best and fairest five years in a row, all as a bottom-age player. Well, actually, he was playing under 18s at 15, so he was sort of three years younger than a lot of them. Mm. Yeah. But, anyway. but they've, they've all excelled. Yep. Sarah got best and fairest in her two premiership years, Yep. then went up to uh, C grade and got, she got the next one as well, I think. Yeah, I think she, she did. Yep. So she's really good and it was the same year that Amy was competing at States and came third in the national horses. So. Between the three of them, they're pretty proud of. We had a week where Julie had to go to. She took Amy to Sydney for the um, Australian dressage titles. The the horses is that a thing from you or is that no, just? It was no? Trevor's fault. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So Amy, Amy's always been amazing with animals. Yeah, any animals, amazing with them. She's just got a way about her. And when she was about three, I loaded all the family up in the car along with a tandem trailer and. I knew where there was a little horse sale and uh, we got there and Amy's eyes just lit up and we bought her a little pony and the rest is history for Amy. Yeah. Well, and he's just handed, I've never had a horse in my life and he's gone, oh, there you go. I'm like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? Uh, no float. Because you're very involved in it. Though. I am now, yeah. 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 But, um, well, early when I was still playing netball, I would literally, she would ride her pony around to a friend's house where she started having lessons. I'd leave her there for the day while I went and played netball. And then I'd go and get her. And then you'd go and get her. If he remembered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she would, Julie would tell me. So I would I tell him on his way if he was milking. Oh, plus, I was yeah, there was mobile phones by now, yeah. so it would be she'd, easy. She'd hold ride the horse home. Not this little pony we first bought. This is a bit another horse. Um, she'd ride it home, which is a couple, probably three or four kilometres. Yeah, because we never had a float. And I'd drive behind her in the ute, and she'd drive home. And one particular day, I'm following her, and the horse got a fright, and it went one way, and she went the other way, and landed on the ground, popped out of the ute. I could see she was okay, and I walked over, and she's dusting herself off. First thing she said was, don't tell Mum, we're... <laughs> I didn't know about that for years. Really? Well, she asked me not to tell Mum, so I didn't tell Mum. Well, Trev forgot anyway, probably forgotten halfway up the road. So I think what that, happened there? That's another reason we, I gave up netball, really, because it was the kids' time, I think. Yep. Ended up buying a little float, and then, like, oh, you couldn't even pull a little tandem trailer, so I had to learn pretty quickly, considering the one out there is, what, 17, 17 I don't even know how long it is, how long is it? It's no, huge, no. three-horse float. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just a matter of learning. So the the dogs are your thing? So I used to show dogs, yeah. Is that always been...? Yeah, yeah. Like, even when I was a kid. Oh, really? Yeah, so even from so Springvale days? Yeah, Springvale yep. days. Dad said to me, he said, you're only ever going to get a dog if you, A, take it to dog obedience and B, bath it every week, which yep. is what I did. So from... Grade five, I think I got 
the Samoids, so I was doing dog obedience back then. And then, of course, when I moved up here, I, with my first husband, I bought a, bought a collie, which I started showing. Um, I did obedience when I was a kid, but I'd never shown. It was one of those bucket list things. So I took him to Royal Melbourne Show, did well then, and then met Trevor, and he passed away, and then I got into the Aussie Shepherds. That's the dog passed yeah, away. Yeah, I'll get to say that. <laughs> yeah. Shoot, well, might I have to edit that. Yeah, not Trevor. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, and which Amy was doing. So from the time she could follow me around, she was showing dogs. So you weren't allowed to show until you were about six or seven. Oh, right. So yeah, Amy yeah. was showing the dogs um, once again because she was so good with the animals. Yeah. So Amy's got the horses from Trevor and uh, yeah. the dogs. And then, yeah, yeah, and then she, of course, which happens a lot, go from dogs to horses. And then I learnt to, and then I was, well, I was vice president of the dog obedience in Wangaratta for years. And then ended up being president at Pony Club for years. Yes, he's neither of you do things by half Pony measures. You, you, yeah, so you don't just go along and spectate. Yeah. Especially once the kids got involved. You've just got to get involved. There's so yeah. many parents. We see them drop the kids off yeah, and go. dump and run and it just does yeah. your heads in, doesn't it? So All through Pat's junior footy, uh, in the younger age group the parents yeah probably got involved a bit more but as they progress and get a bit older a lot of parents just didn't want to be there yeah yeah. and yet we both always love that like even when they were cricket you know cricket junior cricket which is really boring to watch and i love cricket i mean i've got tickets to the world cup in a couple of weeks months time but i love cricket but even that to watch the kids play cricket yeah, I it's not exciting. It. Well, but I did love everything. It is exciting. I'll tell you about oh, another proud daddy Because um, <laughs> they got there and, of course, Patrick played for, like, Myrtleford Ovens and they never had big enough, not enough kids. Yep. So they asked Amy to play. Oh, right, eh? And she's just looked at me and she said, I can't bat or bowl, but I suppose I can throw a ball back. <laughs> so the boys were wrapped. The boys were fantastic, I must admit, with her because she, she's... Fantastic on a horse, but when it comes to running, she's pretty unco. <laughs> anyway, she turned out to be a... Mum said that, Amy, not me. Yeah, she turned out to be a really good little spin bowler. Really? So, one of the times... Not sure that it was spin. It was well, it was... I don't know spin. what it was, but we went up to Myrtleford, so I picked the kids up. Niece also played, Ali played, so I pick Ali up, and we went up to Myrtleford, uh, up to Beechworth. And of course, Amy, you'll hate me if she listens to this. And she'll say, oh, no, we're playing the, the captain of Beechworth. You know, he's the hottest guy it's at Galen. Okay, this will be interesting then. Well, of course, lo and behold, he was the opening batsman. Of course, the hot guy always is. And of course, she's bowling, clean bowling. And <laughs> she's just stood there. And the boys have all gone nuts and she's gone. And I <laughs> Just ruined my chances with <laughs> the just, hot guy. You've just got him out. And of course, his father was um, umpiring at square leg and he just ripped into his son fancy going out boy a chick you can't believe you missed that and of course he's just turned around and said dad it was a good ball (laughs) and of course amy's like and the boys picked her up and thrown because he was number one batsman of beechworth and anyway i remember she jumped off the bus when i picked her up on the monday morning and she said such and such spoke to me at school today. He said it was a good bowl. And I said, well, obviously it was. <laughs> so, yeah, so she ended up being not too... Couldn't bat for 
to save herself, could she? Yes, she could. She oh, did the winning runs. Trevor, because it was always on a Saturday morning, we never had milkers. We always tried to get milkers during the winter if we could, not summer. So Trevor didn't get to see much cricket no. until this one time we were playing. Can I jump in there? You can jump I in. I want to tell oh, the story. You tell your I got to father-daughter watch, story. I got to go and watch them play, which was good. And uh, Patrick was wicketkeeper. Amy comes on the bowl. First ball, dropped in slips. Second ball, a wide. Like a wide. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it even touched the pitch. <laughs> yeah. Third ball, dead on target. Nick threw to Patrick. So it's bold. Amy Harrigan caught Patrick Harrigan, keeping up to the stumps, mind you. So I've got on the car horn and beep, 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 beep and yelling out the window. I said, Trevor, Trevor, it's cricket, not footy. You can't, you can't do that at a cricket match. Oh, I thought that was wonderful. That would have been. Yeah. And then, uh, and she hit the running. And running then run. she hit the winning run. She's come in. There was uh, they needed about four runs, I think. And the young, there was two batsmen at the crease. One of them was to be very polite, just absolutely useless. <laughs> he couldn't put bat on ball to save himself. In the end, the coach retired him because they wanted to. They try and give everyone a bat. Yeah. In, in junior cricket. Unlike Julie Woody, she was coaching. That's yes, right. That's yeah. right. So Amy. Goes out, first one, she's nicked over slips for two runs. Always a good shot to nick Great over slips. Great shot, nick yeah. over slips. Second ball, I, I think she missed the second ball. On about the third ball, she's nicked over slips again for another two runs and they won. And there they, you go. The boys carried her off, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, they didn't think they'd win. But um, Just so. back to the other Amy story, did she ever get to date the hot guy? No. Oh, really? No. Yeah, should have been bowled. He probably should have bowled him <laughs> second ball. Yeah, but no, yeah. she was. Um, but typical of Amy, Amy was, you know, like a little laugh. She'd always be middle of the road, fourth, fifth or sixth, but she'd be waving, having a great time. She'd get what anybody thought. Yeah. But I must admit, the, the boys from the cricket, they were really, really good to her. But, of course, she only, they only did it for two years because then Amy's going, oh, the boys are getting too fast because, of course, by this stage yeah. the boys are turning... You know, 16 and yep. he's going, she's going, quick. I'm not facing that. And so I don't blame you. Oh, no, I wouldn't either. Um, yeah. yeah, but it was, it was good times. So we've all dabbled in lots of stuff. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I'm obviously sitting across from two very proud parents. Um, very proud of all of them. And I, I mentioned before, Julie went to Sydney with Amy to the Australian titles, which she came third in her event, didn't third she? in the Nationals, yeah. Which was fantastic, but... About 600 horses there or something? Yeah, well, we rocked up and it was actually at the Olympic Stadium there. So just yeah. to be at the Olympic Stadium, like our eyes are popping out of our head when you come from like the yep. pony club. Going to Werribee. And she's come over to me and she's because she's warming up her horse. And her horse is just a stock horse. Yeah. You know, little black four, 14 pony. And, um, and, of course, all these other horses that are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, big warm, big warm bloods. And she's laughing her head off, and I said, "What do you do? What's what's so funny?" Well, I thought she'd be so nervous, and she said, oh, "I haven't got a hope. Have a look at them; like they are just stunning. All I've never seen so much money and horses or on those kids. Yep. Like their boots were thousand dollar boots, and Amy's were Dublin fifty dollar ones from the yep. local pet shop. And the way they spoke with plums in their mouths, and you know, parents did all the work. The kids just hopped on board. And well, makes it all the better, I think. Though, and of for course, Amy, she's gone it? out there, and she said, "I haven't got a hope." I said, "Just enjoy time." Well, 
she beat them all. She, oh, did she? She came second in one and third in the other. Oh, and that's the one you're like, talking about. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, I burst into tears when she finished because I'm thinking, where'd she pull that out of? Yeah. But she obviously wasn't nervous because she just thought she didn't have oh. a hope. And, then and the horse mustn't have been nervous either. No, like, no. And, and she's just like, she's blinded out of the park. And then, of course, we've gone back to her stable, which they're all beautiful. It's where the Olympics are. And the girls are over there in their fancy outfits and Amy's rocked in with, you know, the the green and the red ribbons because she's yep. beaten them across from it. And she's just looked at them and she said, oh, well, I did well today. Just get walking. I'm just like, yeah. Oh, so, and then at the same time, Pat was at Bushy's down at Mowie. Yeah, so whilst Julie was in Sydney, I'd taken Patrick. Well, actually, I didn't take him because they went on a bus with Mowie Bush Rangers. Yep. Down to Gippsland to play in the carnival down there. But Pat didn't have a great time. He broke his arm so in the second game. Went okay in the first one. but yeah. This was a tryout for the Bush Rangers, was it? Or no, this is, he actually got in the squad. In, in, in the the under, squ- it was under 16s or under 15s? Oh, right. So there's so a under 15s one. Oh, yeah, 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 so he got in the... There's two divisions and he got in yep. Division 1 side. And played okay in the first one was a night game which was ridiculous because the lighting was terrible which you would think when you're playing that standard floor, yeah had pretty good lights uh, and then yeah the next game he unfortunately got tunnelled and tipped him over and he put his hand down to break his fall and broke his arm mm, that's so good and I didn't want to tell Julie until we got until she got home because she was in Sydney I didn't want to stress him so uh, yeah got him home and went to the doctors the next day and x-rayed him she was broken. Mm. It was the end of the, his footy season as such anyway, so he was in plaster for six weeks. And mm. At least you didn't leave him in Maui, that's good. No, I didn't leave him in Maui. Well, he was on the bus, so <laughs> he was... Uh, so he played in Bushies under-14s and under-16s. And then he didn't quite make it when they got to the under-18s. Yeah. He was too Next small. Yeah, so everything's great. Everything's going along well. Yeah. Mm. Kids are successful. Dairy farming's going pretty good. I think you'd moved to your, um, bought a farm of your own by now. Yeah, uh, we've been here 15 years. But, uh, yeah, 2007 we bought this yeah, place. Yeah. We were in business with, initially we were under our, the umbrella of mum and dad, yep. a family business. We bought a second dairy farm under that business name, which allowed me to come home and work at home back in 96. And... Then we sort of broke our family business up to make it as a succession sort of planning thing. And my and my brother Brian were in business together. Um, we did that for quite a few years. And then this farm that we're on now came up for sale. And I said, well, we'll never get an opportunity like this to, to get out into our own business. And we all had family coming along, and Brian's Brian's got three boys coming along that were all interested in farming. And so I brought Julie down here one day when this came on the market, and we had a look around, and I thought, well, if she doesn't like it, I'll forget about it. And we had a look, and we drove out the driveway, and I said, what do you think? And she said, I'm really scared now because I really like it. Yeah. <laughs> so we bought it, and uh, it's the best thing we've ever done. And I keep saying dairy farming, but it's a bit more diverse than... That isn't it. Yeah, we've yep. got a limousine stud as well, which I've had for oh, about thirty-eight years now, I think, something like that. Yeah, we had it before. Mm. Yeah, a long time. It was um, 
which we sell bulls out of that, um, which which is really good. We rear all our bull calves from the dairy herd, so we run quite a few steers. Uh, and the dairy job and beef job at the moment is really good. So mm. good times at the moment, but yeah, it looks great from the outside, but expenses are pretty bloody high too. Yeah, oh, no yeah. doubt it's a, one of those jobs where you get out of what you put in it and yeah. sometimes you won't even get that out of it if it's uh, a bad year like you know but and work-life balance is a big thing especially on a dairy farm i'd like to think we're getting it a bit better at the moment we've got some really good staff we've got four full-time staff uh, one of them being amy our daughter and uh, she's going great and we've got three others as well mm. so gives me a little bit more time to do something else Makes it a bit easier to go to footy on Saturday. Just um, as a spectator these days? Yeah, just a spectator these days. A little bit lost this year with footy, to be quite honest. With an um, Patrick. Yeah, when yeah. Pat went into Wing Rovers, Trevor resigned from Miller. Yep. Um, and followed in there, and that was great. He had some great times in there. But then he went to Brisbane last year, so he's playing footy up there. And, yeah, things are not the same at the Rovers now that he's not there. And I've sort of gravitated back to Miller a little bit, but yeah, trying to not be too involved. Probably might watch more AFL footy this year, to be honest. You'd have nephews and that playing at Miller nearly wouldn't uh, you? One. One. one there. Oh, really? Yeah. So the Hooligan football was uh, dropping off a little, yeah. the amount of them? Or? Yeah, um, last year there was three. This oh, year right there was out. only one. Yeah. Actually, there was two this year for a little bit, but. Sarah's got quite into Bright now. Sarah's on yes, the committee yeah. up there. She's coach. She's now coaching B grade. Mm. So I've been going up there nearly every mm. weekend to watch her. Yeah. So but you've obviously so passed that on to Sarah yeah, as well, the fact that you don't just yeah, play, yeah, you get involved. You, yeah, so she's, yeah. she's on the well social committee. She's on the actual football netball committee and she's also coaching. Yep. So... She's, yeah, she's thrown herself in the deep end. A lot of work, but I think she loves it. No, so, that's good, yeah. yeah. I've watched Bright this year more than anyone, actually. Yep. Which is straight, great footy club, Bright. They're terrific people. Like yeah, them. I remember you saying when you were in... Back in the Muso yeah. days, which we were yeah. talking about earlier, I used to play, played in a pub up there for 15 years, so I got to know a lot of the locals. And, yep. Yeah. So that's quite good. We got up there and like, last game, they actually had their players' reunion, so... Yeah. Trevor knew, but I don't think he watched much of the netball at all. He stood there talking to a lot of the old blokes, so mm. which, which is mm. really, really good. So you find you need an outlet of some description, which yes. is what we were lacking. So. I'm not sure what next year will bring with footy. We'll see. No, I might have to get a bright membership, I think. So. Yeah, well, I think I was, well, we were sort of members because we sponsored them. Yeah, year. I ended up sponsoring, you know, they were short sponsorship for the netball. Sarah rang me. Good on you, Sarah. And I've gone, oh, well, 20 bucks a week, how much is that going to cost me? Yeah, well, I'm not giving it to Miller, I'm not giving it to the Rovers, so I'll, may as well give it a bright, you know. Well, apart from Richmond, my Richmond memberships. Yeah, so, as I said before, life's going very well. Great kids, great farm and that. But a few years ago, it was all turned upside down. I don't know how much you want to talk about it. Julie? On my health, oh well, in 2018 I was diagnosed with breast cancer, so July 2018, so I had six months of chemo, which was almost hell on earth, but Trevor... From just a standard... So I've always had cysts from the age of 21, I had 
cysts in my breasts and um so you were always more than regular on oh, that yeah, stuff like yeah, them. i was always monitored yep. 12 yep. monthly and then um luckily yeah trevor and i had been away i think in the june we went to magnetic island and i was due just for my routine mammogram and i saw the ultrasound i just said to the radiologist i said that's not normal and she just took one look at me and she said uh no really? i just knew just looked like a daisy rather than round and I mean, I've had cysts up to 11 or 12 in a cyst, so I knew what I was looking at. And I got out of the hospital and I said to Trevor, I rang Trevor and I said, something's wrong this time. And he's gone, no, 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 Mr. Mr. Positive. And I've gone, no, nah, I'm sure. And I think the doctor rang me the next day. Well, didn't the girl that did the... Uh, yeah, way, did she the... disappeared. I knew her, her, her daughter actually did, went to school with Patrick. So we were chatting about Debs and things and she never came back. Yeah, and so I thought she walked out of the room crying. Didn't she? Yeah, I knew I knew something was up because she's yeah. known each other for years. And I went, oh, I got dressed and went out, and the girl said, "Oh, she's just been called away." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." So anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, we were told the very next day that it was breast cancer, or it was all a bit of a whirlwind. I think within a week I was down at oncology. About Ten days, I suppose, after the initial thing. I was on chemo for six months. And then January 2019, I had a double mastectomy. They suggested I have both. Fortunately, I did, because there were pre-cancerous cells in the other side. So that was six months of getting over that surgery. And then 2020, they found another lesion in my pelvis. So during COVID, we were... Which would have made it even more difficult, the whole well, I suppose scenario. Well, well, yes and no. Going down to Melbourne, they sent me down to Melbourne for the new this new treatment down in Melbourne. So we were at Cabrini down in Melbourne, but being COVID, there was no traffic. That was the only good thing about that was the bonus. But of course, yeah, we could not stay down there anyway. Yeah, but um, down and back in a day didn't yeah, stop anywhere. So, oh, Dan's Ring of Steel, something yeah. like that. Yeah. But it, you know, I suppose it was also tough, but I suppose we were lucky because it was only four visits over a nine-day period, I suppose. Um, and then, so it was just really recuperating from that. And then 2021 was just getting on with life <laughs> yeah. as much as we could with COVID and all. And then 2022, back in June, I started having pain again in my pelvis and I thought, oh, here we go again. But, well, it's good, I suppose, but they've decided that I've got a fractured pelvis from the radiation oh, rather right than cancerous. Yep. So, so it's a bonus. It's, cancer's not back. Yep. And in saying that, even that the pain, because where it is, they can't really do biopsies. So it's... Um, they don't know where they didn't know whether the bone was dying but i'm convinced it's not dying because i'd be in more pain than i am and it seems to be improving so yeah so fingers crossed i just have i've got scans again i've got a ultrasound and a mammogram next week and then scans again in yeah and this is something you'll have to monitor 
uh, regularly for yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. So I just I just get a bit annoyed because you just kind of finally push it out to two monthly visits and I get pushed back to monthly visits. But yeah, well, pretty frustrating, very frustrating. A couple of times we've been told the cancer's back and it hasn't been. Yeah. Which is great that it hasn't been. Yeah. But doctors or whoever's done the scans have sent a report to the oncologist, which has said. Are they erring on the side of caution, do you think? Or oh, are they I just think, making bad just, calls? Or? Just making a bad call. Yeah, wow. so we've. Um, one time we got. Had Julie had her scans, and then we went to the oncologist four days later. The oncologist reads the report and says, I'm sorry, but your cancer's back. Sends us straight to the head radiographer, and we go and sit down in his room, and he looks at the scans and he says, "What are you doing here?" Really, that it was that obvious to him that mm. there was nothing yeah. to look into, and um, yeah, which was great news <laughs> that there was nothing. Yeah, I was going to say. Was, uh, so yeah. we we went from four days of well, we didn't get to see him for four days after the oncologist, so we had four days of hell. And yeah, then, all those emotions to be back again. Oh, and yeah, all that, again. Yep. Yeah. And you're pretty worried if it's back for a third time. And um, then you go to him and he says, gives you great news that it's not cancer. And we actually left that meeting. We got outside and Julie said, you're sure he was looking at the right scans? I didn't believe him because the oncologist... Had been so sure. Had, was so sure. So yeah. I ended up going back in and said, can you just check with him to make sure he was looking at the right scans. Of yep. course, she's got a whole barrage of scans on the on file. Yep. And he, and he said, he said, I'm going to send it down to Cabrini, where I had my radiation, to double check, but he's, I'm sure that you're okay. And that was a Friday, and then they actually rang me. He, he rang you back that day. That day. That he night. rang me. It was about 10 to 6 at night. He said, no, I've been speaking to the doctor in Melbourne, and we're pretty sure you're clear. So... It's a roller coaster. Yes, it would, and I think yeah. that the thing with you know, like breast cancer. I honestly thought you know I'd have breast cancer, right? A, I'll lose weight. I'll look really good. I'll get these <laughs> fancy new boobs, which still never happened, and that will be it. Once I have the double mastectomy, but nobody really ever tells you that it just keeps going. There's just always these issues of yep, um, and there's drugs. Julie's on, she'll be on for the rest of her life. Yeah, so there's drugs, and of course they come with other complications, you know, like mouth ulcers and stuff like that, so it's just continual, but um, that is what it is, so... Yeah, I suppose that's the thing they say, cancer survivor, and it is surviving, that's the thing, you you survive in... You don't, it doesn't just... That's it, we're done no, now, I don't course, have to worry and, about and that's that. that's the thing, I think, because when they took, like, they took, like, 11 lymph nodes out of my arm um, when I had the mastectomy, which, of course, gave me a frozen shoulder so I couldn't lose my, move my arm and stuff like that. But there was, was 0.101 of a millimetre not clear. Yeah. And you kind of think, well, that's minute. Yeah, it I'll sounds right. minute, yeah. You know, you just yep. think, oh, well... Be positive, won't mm. be back. Twenty twenty, lo and behold, it's, it's back, back yeah. in my pelvis. Yeah. And of course, then you panic because, well, I panic because I thought, well, once it's in your bone, you're a goner, aren't you? Well, no, <laughs> and yeah. it's not. And you know that. But they're coming up with treatments all the time. Like this one I had at Cabrini, they weren't doing up here yet. 
it's really isolated and it's really strong, but that's obviously what's damaged my pelvis now. But I think one of the doctors said to us in the early stages, if you got this 30 years ago, yeah. you're pretty well a goner, but the treatment's that good now that far more survive than... Yeah, I've forgotten the exact stat. And I suppose it's how early they catch in that yeah. too. But I mean, Julie, you were having regular mm. checkups, and you know, mm. last one it wasn't there, and then there's yep. something that had required and I, immediate and I attention. I was really just lucky that because I think the year before they only did one side, not both sides. Whereas that year they did yep. both sides. So if they happened yep. to do the wrong side, yep. because I always had problems on my right side. To the point of, like, I had a cyst one year that they got 20 mils out of the cyst. It was huge. You could see it. Yep. Um, and yet it was my left breast that had the cancer. Yeah. And the year before, yeah, they'd they only, only done... done the ultrasound yeah. on the other side. I mean, in a lot of ways you could say that I was lucky in that. As lucky way. as you can be with that kind of thing. Yeah. So this is, did this change your life balance thoughts at all, like, these... Like, it must have turned everyone's world upside down. Good question, though. Um, yeah. Not sure how to answer that. I, yeah, it's changed Trevor, I think, because his whole world was, like, a lot of it was farming and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas, like, he was my absolute rock and he just was there for me the whole time, which meant he couldn't be here. Yep. So we did get on more workers and stuff like that, and it was just like, change that way, change our work. Yeah, and obviously being worried about you and trying to care for you and probably more worried about the kids too and how they're coping with it. Yes, which would have been... No, no fun telling your kids that mum's got cancer. No. And my way of dealing with it was I was telling people. Yep. And it wasn't until a while later we didn't realise the kids weren't telling their friends. Yeah. Sarah was fine. Sarah's got quite a good close group of friends. Um, Pat, we were, I was really worried about because I actually s- told his best friend's mum and they had no idea. Yeah, so Pat had only been talking to you about it, no-one else at all. Like, yeah. And I'm just like... So I said, I said, oh, well, can you tell Jacob? I don't know how Pat's going to take this. But, you know, if anything flies up at school and he's not prepared for it, Mm. you know, yeah. So and then we kind of had to sit him down and say, look, it's all right to talk about it. Some Mm. people don't. Some people don't. Like I actually ran into a girl that I'd known for 30 years and I actually ran into her having chemo. I hadn't seen her for years and years and years. And I ran into her yesterday. And she said when she first walked into oncology in Wang, the worst thing was she knew people in there. She said, I didn't want anybody to know I was sick. Yeah. Whereas my way of coping was I told everybody because that was my way of, I don't know, I didn't want people to then see me sick and be shocked and you, you make know, up their own make up their own, own ideas. Yep. I was just out there, whereas the kids, you know, and everybody deals with it differently. That's right. I presume everyone would not. That I know, but yeah. I mean, yeah. I and I mean, it's... I've had like if my accountant just had a friend of a friend, was just going through it, and she said, "Look, do you mind if I give her your phone number?" And I said, 
by all means. It's often easier to talk to somebody that you don't know yeah. than your best friend or, you know. Um, well, too, we probably found out, well, I probably found out, I probably had some really good friends. I know. I've, that's, I know in times of difficulty, you do find out yeah. some people do incredible things to help you and that like. A couple of blokes, um, in particular one that, I've known probably my whole life, but never known him well. I know who he is, and yep. walk past him in the street and say hi. And that's it. He'd ring me regularly because yep. um, his wife had been through it. And as he said, <laughs> it was funny. And this was very early days. He he rang me, and his wife had been through it quite some time before. And he rang me for a chat, and we're both bawling on the phone. Yeah, and he was worse than me. Yeah, <laughs> which is, uh, and yet he'd been through it. But he just one comment that stuck with me was, um, he said, "Well, unfortunately, we're part of a family now. Um, yeah, our, our wives have got breast cancer. And yeah, he he checked in with me pretty regularly. Yeah, um, and we, when Julie was having chemo." We got to critique everybody's lasagna. <laughs> it's funny, I had a mistake when I had my mastectomy, and I'm in hospital, and Sarah came in, and it was you know, stinking hot outside, 42 every day. Yeah. And Sarah came in, I don't know, the day after, a couple of days after. I said, How's it going home? She said, We now have seven lasagnas. Yeah. <laughs> I said, Well, at least you know people care, mate. Which was, <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. But, um, and, people, and some people that you would call for just to say hello to, but they'd just drop in food. Like mm. one friend, like Carolyn Trithown, was just, she was amazing. Every time she knew when I was going in for chemo, so mm. she would rock up with food. Not, I wasn't eating a lot, but she rocked up with food for this and cakes for the kids, their favourite slices, and she'd come in and, yeah, she was amazing. Uh, you find out who your friends are. Yeah, yeah and yeah, it yeah. restores your faith in... Mm. people like you know we see so much about what all the awful things that happen mm. and that but you know there are still a lot of good people yeah. well the majority of people are good people yeah. i think yeah like, it's yeah. just yeah. A, you know and you you forget that at times and i think that's when it happens when there is people are in times of need like you only got to look at when there's bushfires and things like that yeah. people that yeah. suddenly give up their time and yeah. f- and help financially and things like that. And yeah. You know, there are good people, a lot of good people. Yeah, you often find that, you know, and a lot of people have their own stories. Like I've just been to a dairy conference and a women in dairies conference and there was like 115 women and like everybody's got their story. You know? Yes. Whether there's a lady beside me, son's committed suicide, my breast cancer, gay women, you know, well, that group of dairy friends out of the the five women you know there's three of us that have all had different bowel cancer cervical cancer and breast cancer out of five of us yeah and it's just like you don't realize what people are going through yep you know and another trip we were down down um Geelong way down in Warrnambool and one of the guys had had testicle cancer and so we're all sitting there joking about fake boobs and fake balls yeah but um <laughs> Yeah, you don't. Everybody's got their story, so yes, you know, that's you've got for to sure. Try and um, mm. be nice to people because you don't know what people are going through. That's right. Yeah. Does humour help deal with it at times? Oh well, I tend to. I'm pretty sarcastic at the best of times, so um, yeah. Yeah. 
I always, you know, well, even like the Rovers football, well, I was going through chemo the year Pat won the grand final. Mm. So, like, I was pretty sick. And, like, God love them, they would open up the side gates so Trevor could drive the car in so I could watch. Yep. And I'm pretty proud of myself in that one thing. I think I only missed, I never missed a football game and I only ever missed one of Amy's horse comps even though I was sick it was the only she only even went by herself once because I was determined to try and be as normal as normal yep. for them but you know like and the car would pull up there and within minutes of Trevor getting out of the car somebody would text me and say do you need a coffee do you need your pie and chips or do you want something or somebody would come over and talk to me or I suppose to elaborate on that is where the gate is that we could drive in was the opposite side of the ground to where, where no, the spectators sits. are. Yeah. So oh, no, right. Oh, yeah. So they, yeah. You've been to the Rovers ground. Yep. So yep. Near, near the scoreboard, so they yep. would open that gate so Trevor could drive yeah. me in so I could and, sit there and yeah. watch. And a lot of the times, you know, I'm not supposed to really be near sick people or anything because your immune systems. And that they were amazing. And yet the year later when he was playing, and of course I got me fake boobs and of course I've walked in and I've gone, I've got boobs and of course everybody's looked around horrified except for the friends that I know and, you know, Amy, Amy's friends going, Beauty, Julie, can I try them? <laughs> you know, but, but that's the way I've coped with it. Yeah, and like you said before, different people cope different ways. Yeah. Like it's, I suppose it's what works yeah. for them, you know. Yeah, so. And they're the firmest 56-year-old boobs you've yeah. ever felt. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, like we, when we went to Vanuatu, I was so excited because I got these, they're just um, silicon things. And I was, jumped in and I said, oh, my boobs aren't floating away. And, of course, everybody's looking, my family, all the kids are thinking it's hilarious and people are going. Yeah, what's that woman talking about? just yeah. me coping with yeah. wearing bathers again after all those, a oh, couple of years, 18 months of. But, yeah, I always take the piss out of myself yeah. because I just find it easier. Mm. So. Well, I think prove just how tough you are through it all. I mean, being a dairy farmer and Trevor's <laughs> wife's tough, but God, <laughs> dealing with all that and coming yeah, out the other side yeah. and, yeah, and then you have so. planned the holiday of a lifetime and it all went to crap. <laughs> well, You would yeah. have to bring that up, wouldn't you? Yeah, that was... that was Because Trevor's always said to me, he won't go to Europe. I need to find a partner to go to Europe with because he's just not interested well, that's in right. travelling I mean, to Europe. You had to get cancer for him to go to Melbourne. That's God's right. <laughs> yep. But he said to me, he said, oh, we'll go to the Kimberley. All right, we're going to do this cruise. So. Did I say that? Yeah, I'm Sure that did. I said that. You did. You said, oh, I'll go to the Kimberley. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, paid all this money, got on the cruise and... Got COVID. Yeah, after all this time in Victoria, the COVID capital of the world. Well, I kept saying, you know, like, and even like two and a half years of never, when we, neither of us got it. Yeah. And of mm. course, leading up to it, the doctor's going now, you know, we've had all our jabs. I've had four, he's had three. Yeah. And like, doctor's going now, I want you to wear your mask everywhere. Make sure you wear your mask, wear your mask. In hindsight, we should have got it before we left because mm. it was just. Well, if we had got COVID at home, Yes, would have just laid here for a week and been all right. Well, I would have been sick for 36 hours probably and then got out and done what I had to do. But being locked up in a boat, bottom Mm. of the boat. Bottom of the boat, getting smashed like a 44-gallon drum, getting hit with a sledgehammer. Yeah. And seeing out a 300 by 300 mil hole (laughs) at the waves for seven days was no fun at all. 
It wasn't the love boat. No. Uh, too crook for that. <laughs> That's what somebody said, you know, just enjoy your time. And I'm like, you haven't seen Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> like he was, he was so crook. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Well, you weren't going too good either. Speared 18 times in 18 one day. 18 times in one day. See, I didn't get the cold and flu things like he did. I just vomited. Yeah, no, from what I gather, it seems to have different effects on different yeah. people. Yeah. I, I had know. the worst headache I've ever had. Yeah. See, I don't know, it could be the different strains. Like, yeah. the strains change three times, but I never hear if someone got COVID, whatever it was, yeah, or COVID was. this or COVID that. So maybe. maybe I don't yeah. know. But anyway. So anyway, I won't be going on another cruise. No, I'll never soon. get him on another cruise. No. I asked him the other day, why won't yeah. you go on another cruise? And I'm like, I'll never let him yeah. on a cruise. Looks like Europe in a plane. Yeah, it looks like I'm. Now I need to find a new playfriend to go. Do you want to go? Yeah. Sorry. Do you want to go to Europe? Europe? Yeah. No, I'm not. That, I've still have got a lot of Australia to yeah, see, like actually. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'd want to go to the centre. Well, so we, we still got to see the Kimberley because we didn't <laughs> Yeah, see that's right. Yeah. We just sailed yeah. up past it. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't want to see another boat. <laughs> we saw the coastline. <laughs> we might have to drive next to us. Uh, well, at the time when I was booking it, I thought, will we bus it? And I thought, oh, no, I don't want to be in a bus for hours yeah. and hours. Let's go on a boat. We could at least walk around the... Mm. I walked 10 That's laps great. of the boat when I got out of isolation. I could imagine. <laughs> we nearly ran them. I nearly ran. Yeah. Everyone was looking at us a bit strange when we got out of isolation because they knew it was us. <laughs> we used only two... We used uh, the only two isolated on the boat. Yeah. There was that older uh, couple we said. Yeah. we went with yeah, so also got it. But us. is that about it? Four? Uh, no. Well, when I... Because they left early and then there was another couple that had it. Too. Yeah. But I don't know whether they could have caught it from us because we yeah. had absolutely nothing to do with them. Yeah. And Trevor had got it Wednesday, the first Wednesday. This couple didn't go into isolation until the following Tuesday. Yeah. So I think there must have been somebody else on the boat that yeah. was carrying it. Would have been one of the staff. Could have Probably. Been. That's what we were thinking. I reckon we picked it up in Broome. So we must have got it in Broome. Because we were negative to get on the boat. You had to be negative to get on the boat. Yeah. There's a lot of things going on in Broome, apparently. Is there? Oh, well, it's, if you want to disappear, go to Broome. Yeah, great That's place. the place, right. yeah. Great fishing. I yes. My, I caught my biggest fish there. I bet. She got in the metre club. I got in the metre club. Really? Threadfin salmon. Had a hell of a time getting it in. Went around the boat twice. Proud of you, Dale. <laughs> I was proud of me too. There you go. See, there was highlights of it oh, all. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, we had a nice time in, well, Margaret River was cold, but and the green was lovely. Until we got on that frigging boat, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the cruise part. Should have taken the bus. Yeah. Yeah. Should have taken the bus. And then it was good when we got into Darwin. Mm. Next time. Mm. Anyway, this has been a great chat. Goodness, it's um, gone It's been a bloody long time. Yeah, well, I might have yeah. to make a two-part episode. <laughs> so... Um, the other thing we've got to do, yeah, we had a beer. Julie didn't. Who would you like? Seeing as you're not regular listeners, but you will be now. You better be. <laughs> I anyway. don't think I want to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> who would you like to hear? It can be a celebrity. Doesn't have to be a celebrity. It can be anyone you like. Who would you like to hear on Fresh from the Esky? That's going to take some thought, isn't it? Well, I don't have to think about it much. It can be anyone. Name anyone. Name anybody. Yeah. No one. No one has been names come on yet. Well, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> a celebrity. 
Yeah, none of me celebrities have. I think. Oh, I've had a couple of guys that yeah have come on, but they haven't actually been celebrities. Just people okay. said this guy and that. But I, I well, think Steve Sylvester Stallone still hasn't even got back to me, and I think he was invited <laughs> on a second episode. Keith Urban would be nice. He would yeah, be. Yeah, yes. like Keith Urban. Yeah, yeah. Oh, another Keith Urban fan. Oh, yes, huge. a lot of people think Keith Urban. Well, I missed his last concert because I was having chemo. Um, Steve O thinks he's a bit of a celebrity, so you're here for a few more days. I've invited him once and he didn't come on, so that's yeah, it. That's done. a typical celebrity, yeah, isn't it? It's done. Yeah. 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 Andrew Stevens. Andrew Stevens. All right, I'll see if, if Keith see. Urban doesn't come on, we'll yeah. see if we can get Andrew Stevens then. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. I think it was easier than I thought. And thank you, everyone, for listening no to Fresh from the Esky. Thank you.